Tech Writer Worldwide. It's the High Tech Podcast in plain English with an hour's worth of news in about 20 minutes. That's because we leave out the commercials, the station breaks, the sports, and most of the jingles. Podcast number 681 for the 21st of February, 2020. This week, Windows 10 has a handy tool for finding misplaced files. When you need something more powerful, Agent Ransack is waiting. We'll look at both methods. In short circuits, Microsoft's Storage Sense gives users a way to get rid of unneeded files. Have you ever wanted to just turn off those user account control warnings? One word is appropriate here. Don't. I'll explain why. Firefox users should check to be sure they're running version 72.0.1 or later. In spare parts, only on the website, cyber threats continue to evolve and so do protective measures. Crooks are using the coronavirus scare to spread malware and Russians are using it to spread disinformation. 20 years ago, Microsoft introduced Windows 2000, Microsoft's first industrial strength operating system. Does this ever happen to you? You remember that you were working on a file this morning, or yesterday, or sometime last week. You need to open that file again, but you can't remember what you called it, or where you saved it. Frustrating, right? So you open the File Explorer, open the Documents directory, switch to Details view, and then sort the files on the Date Modified column by inverse order so the most recent items are at the top. That might work, but many applications store their files in specific directories, so you have to look further. The situation is even worse if you have multiple disk drives, and worse still if you lack a hierarchical filing structure or you don't remember which application you were using to create the file. Windows 10 has an easier way. Press and hold the Windows key, then tap the Tab key. Now maybe you've done this already to open the more powerful version of the Task Switcher, which is Alt-Tab. The Windows key tab is also the key used to create a new virtual desktop. But wait, as they used to say on those old late-night TV commercials, there's more! The initial display shows what you're working on now. And if the computer has more than one monitor, the display can extend to the second monitor. You'll see all of the applications and documents that are open right now. But we're looking for something that we were working on this morning, or yesterday, or sometime last week, or maybe several weeks ago. Well, all is not lost. Look at the bottom of the screen, scroll down if you have to, and you'll see these words, earlier today. Scroll further, and you'll see yesterday. Keep scrolling, and you may go all the way back 30 days. That is a maybe, though, and more about that in a second. But if you see the file you're looking for, just click it. Windows will open the application you were using with the file, and then open the file. That 30-day history does have one small catch. You have to allow history information to be sent to Microsoft. If you don't allow that, this feature will be limited to just a few days. Depending on how much you trust Microsoft, you might want to store the information only on your computer and forego the advantages of that long look-back, as well as the advantage of being able to share history information across multiple computers that you own. 
To check or change the settings, open the Windows 10 Settings app and navigate to Privacy, Activity History. You can specify whether or not to store history information on the computer, whether the history information should be sent to Microsoft, and if you have more than one account, which one's activity will be recorded for. I need all the help I can get, so I'm willing to have the information sent to Microsoft. Now, as good as this feature is, it's not perfect. For example, you'll be able to see that you had a browser open, but there's no detail about the sites you visited unless you use Microsoft Edge. That's really not a big deal for me, and it might not be a big deal for you either, because after all, browsers have their own history functions. Unless out of security concern, you turn them off. Microsoft also says that not all applications are compatible with the history function, but I haven't yet found one that isn't compatible. It's possible, or even likely, that the warning from Microsoft is offered so that if some application used by some person in some location on this planet, or perhaps some other planet, cannot conform. In my opinion, don't worry about it. And if maybe you need to find a file that you worked on last year, or a year or two ago, or in 1998, the Windows 10 history function is not going to help. But Agent Ransack will. Mythicsoft has made it easy to find files for longer than I can remember. Long ago, the company released Agent Ransack to search through files quickly and find ones based on a file name, words in the file, or the file's location, size, create date, modification date, or location. As it turned out, Agent Ransack, the name, not the application, just the name, scared the fecal matter out of corporate IT managers. So Mythicsoft started offering File Locator Pro. The programs are identical. Agent Ransack is File Locator Pro, and File Locator Pro is Agent Ransack. Only the names have been changed to protect the needlessly squeamish. Mythicsoft's Lite applications are free, and the company offers professional licenses in three categories. Standard, that can be installed on up to three computers. Technician, with unlimited installations using the purchaser's name. And Floating, usable by a licensed number of concurrent users. For home and small office users, the free version is more than adequate. So let's say that I'm looking for something I wrote about WordPerfect in... 2015, 2016, or 2017, three-year period. WordPerfect is a topic that I'm likely to have mentioned during that three-year period, but the document I'm looking for might be a plain text file in any of several locations on Drive D or Drive E, or it might be a WordPerfect file, a Word file, or an InDesign file on either of those drives. Searching manually could take longer than I want to spend because, after all, I'm impatient. Agent Ransack can do this job. On the main tab, I specify that I want to search WordPerfect documents, Word documents, text documents, and InDesign documents on drives D and E. And I tell it the files must contain the term WordPerfect, and the file must have been created after the 1st of January 2015 and before the 1st of January 2018. I gave Agent Ransack those instructions, and less than a minute later, I had a list of 118 files, including wordperfectisnotword.wpd, a WordPerfect file, in the Bill's Files directory on drive D, subdirectory words, subsubdirectory WordPerfect docs. Agent Ransack, 
or File Locator Pro. Either one or both can be downloaded from Mythicsoft's website. After installing the application, you do have to obtain a free license key, but it's a free license key. After all, just ask for it and they give it to you. This is an application every Windows user should have. If you find these podcasts useful, and I hope you do, might you consider a donation? There are no ads here, and support from listeners is the sole source of income. It's easy. Just visit the website and click the Donate button near the top of any page. You can make a one-time donation or schedule a repeating donation every month. I thank you. And so does the cat. In short circuits, besides the applications you install and the photos, documents, spreadsheets, and other files you create, your computer probably has some junk files that you might want to get rid of. These non-essential files might not be a big deal if you have a desktop computer with a large hard drive or several large hard drives. Those who use notebook computers may feel the pinch, though. If you opted for a small, solid-state boot drive in the interest of having a faster computer, the pinch will be noticeable sooner. It's easy to install extra drives, maybe too easy. In addition to a modest, solid-state boot drive and a mechanical network-attached storage drive that's connected to the router, I have four mechanical drives in a separate housing that connects to the primary laptop. Except for the boot drive, I'm responsible for all files on the other drives. The boot drive collects unnecessary files, though. Instead of a 1-terabyte mechanical drive, I selected a 500-gigabyte solid-state drive. That makes the boot process fast and programs load faster, but I have a lot of installed applications and I need to keep an eye on that drive. Computer crashes often create log files and memory dumps. Windows updates save the previous version of the operating system in case the new version creates problems. Most applications create temporary files, and too many of those applications don't clean up after themselves. Microsoft's disk cleanup utility has been around for a while, but Windows 10 has a more powerful tool. My 500GB C drive has about 166GB of free space. That's not cramped yet. Performance problems begin when a disk drive has less than about 15% free space, so I could accumulate another 100 gigabytes or so of files before I really have to be concerned. I'd like to keep at least 30% of the drive as free space, though, and a little less than 35% is free now, so maybe it's time to see what can be discarded. The Windows 10 disk cleanup options are in Settings, so after opening Settings, choose the System panel, and select the Storage tab. At the top of the screen, you'll see a toggle for Storage Sense that can be used to free up space when disk space is running low. That's off by default, and I leave it off because I want to decide what should be deleted and when. Next, there's an option to Configure or Run Storage Sense. Selecting that will take you to a screen where you can specify how you want Windows to deal with superfluous files. Below the bar chart that shows how much space is available on the C drive, there is a list of file types based on what the files contain. 
because I store data files, photos, email, and all other files that I create on drives D through I, apps and features is the only category that contains much. Other documents, temporary files, other people, and mail appear to be almost empty, and indeed they are. I configured StorageSense to delete any temporary files more than one day old. Temporary files are, by definition, not intended to be kept, but many programs create these files and then fail to delete them when the application exits. Deleting temporary files increased the available storage space from 166 gigabytes to 172 gigabytes. That's not much of an improvement, and if I want to clean up the boot drive, the process will probably involve deleting some old versions of applications that I use and all versions of applications that are no longer in use. Click More Storage Settings to show the amount of space left on other drives. Clicking any of the drive letters will drill down to show the contents of those drives. And a caution here, never delete any file or folder unless you know exactly what it is and you're certain that it is not essential to the computer's operation. Some applications offer choices for what to do with files that are no longer needed. Microsoft Outlook, for example, offers to remove all messages in the Deleted Items folder. Other email programs have settings that control when deleted items are purged from the system. And don't forget to empty the recycle bin occasionally, too. blog that I read recently had a question about how to turn off user account control warnings. These are the warnings that pop up when you install an application or make changes to the computer. The guy's reasoning was that he knew when he was installing something and he did not need to have Windows ask him if he really wanted to allow the installation. He found the intrusions both useless and annoying. Talk about misinformed. UAC warnings have been around since Microsoft introduced Vista. Many people didn't like the idea back then. It was 14 years ago. I was unable to remember what I thought about it, but I found my first mention of the protective measures in a 2007 program. Back then, I wrote, Windows XP has only two kinds of user accounts, administrators who can do everything, and everybody else who can do nothing. Because the non-administrator accounts are so limited, I wrote, everyone gets an administrator account. This is a lot like allowing all Unix or Linux users to run as root. Dumb. Windows Vista adds a layer and provides the oft-maligned User Account Control, UAC. I followed that with a further explanation. UAC allows most users to log in as standard users because a standard user who knows the administrator's password can allow potentially unsafe actions to proceed by providing that password. UAC asks for permission before performing actions that might affect the computer's operation or change settings that affect other users. An administrator who sees a UAC message can simply indicate approval. Standard users must provide an administrator's password to proceed, I wrote. The goal of UAC is to prevent malware and spyware being installed. Well, for once, I seem to have gotten it right the first time around. Even though the implementation could annoy, the idea was good. Since then, we've been through several iterations of Windows, and user account control gets in the way a lot less than it used to. Still, there are users who resent having the operating system act like a big brother. 
I've said this more than several times. I'll take all the help I can get. That attitude is reflected in my use of spelling and grammar checkers, protective software, and anything else that forces me to take a second look at a sentence, an action, or software installations that I might later regret. The UAC warnings can annoy, though. I'm not going to turn them off, even though Microsoft does make that possible. It's possible to adjust the warnings to be protective but less bothersome. I don't even do that, but here's how if you want to. As of early 2020, the UAC settings are still in the old-style control panel. You can get there by clicking the Windows key, typing Control, and then selecting the Control Panel app. Click System and Security, then choose System and Security from the list on the left panel. And finally, click Change User Account Control Settings. Of course, then you will see a UAC warning that asks if you want to allow the app to modify the computer. You do, so click Yes. There are four options. Always Notify, the safest and most obtrusive setting. Second, Notify only when apps try to modify the computer. That's less obtrusive, also somewhat less safe. Third, Notify only when apps try to modify the computer and do not dim my desktop. That is significantly less obtrusive and less safe. And fourth, Never Notify. That, simply put, is unsafe and stupid. You would select that option only if you are actively looking for trouble. In line with my I'll take all the help I can get policy, my preference is option number one. The UAC warnings take only a few seconds and can save hours or possibly days of work to repair a botched system. Choosing this option recognizes that I'm fallible and that I might accidentally do something stupid. It's the setting I recommend. The second and third options are similar. The primary difference is that the third option will not freeze your other applications until you respond to the UAC warning. Microsoft recommends number three only if it takes a long time to dim the desktop on your computer. And option four allows anyone or anything to modify the system. You won't be notified when something tries to install software or make changes to the operating system. Nobody who comprehends the dangers would select that option. If you use Firefox and keep it up to date, you can just skip this section. But this is important if your version of Firefox might be out of date. At the time I prepared this article, version 72.0.2 was current, and the flaw I'll be describing was fixed in version 72.0.1. The Mozilla Foundation described it this way, Incorrect alias information in IonMonkey JIT compiler for setting array elements could lead to a type confusion. We are aware of targeted attacks in the wild abusing this flaw. The IonMonkey just-in-time compiler is a Mozilla component that converts source code to machine code shortly before it's needed. The component's two primary objectives are to provide a well-engineered design that easily supports adding new optimizations and that allows for specialization needed to generate extremely fast code. I guess the first time around the developers didn't quite meet those design objectives. The flaw could allow an attacker to exploit JavaScript code to hack a user's PC and install malicious code outside of Firefox. Mozilla's report said that the organization was aware of targeted attacks in the wild abusing the flaw, but 
provided no information about how widespread those attacks are. Type confusion refers to a memory bug in which a value is created and allocated as one type and then switched to another type during manipulation. The result is an ability to execute code on a vulnerable system. Mozilla deemed this to be a critical bug, and Homeland Security's Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency warned users to obtain a patched version of the browser immediately. Mozilla credited Chinese cybersecurity firm Kihu360 with finding and reporting the bug. Older versions of Firefox display the version and update information when the user selects Help About from the menu. More recent versions of the browser have moved that information. In the latest versions, you'd need to select Help and then Troubleshooting Information. You can use Firefox or any other browser, but you do need a browser for spare parts because that section is only on the website. This week's reports include cyber threats continue to involve, and so do protective measures. Crooks are using the coronavirus to spread malware, and Russians are using it to spread disinformation. And 20 years ago, Microsoft introduced Windows 2000, Microsoft's first industrial-strength operating system. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide, the podcast with an hour's worth of technology news in about 20 minutes. I'm Bill Blinn. Be sure to check out the website, www.techbiter.com. And if you like, send me an email from there. See you next week.